Lord, I pray now as I open your word that you would take it and grow us in our understanding of how much you love us and what you are calling and inviting us into this year. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. It's been said that vision is, a, is, a, is an ideal picture of the future. What is vision? Let's say you have a vision for your home, a vision for your business, a vision for your education, a vision for your children, a vision for your career. Well, vision, it's been said, is an ideal picture of the future. It's a tangible picture of what you see coming to pass. And so when we look at this passage for today and we think about what today is, historically, we've taken the first Sunday of the beginning of the year in our church and we've talked about vision and we've labeled it Vision Sunday. And so what I would like to talk about this morning is what does vision look like for us in 2022? What does the future look like as it pertains to our church? Two years ago, the theme um, on this Sunday was trust God. And what was interesting about that was we were just two months uh, away from COVID-19. The world has turned upside down because of COVID. And we did. We, we really had to trust God for 2020 um, of that year. Well, in 2021, last year, our theme was to stand firm. And it's been an interesting, very challenging, but very fruitful year where standing firm in the gospel is, is needed. It's, it's needed to be heralded. It's needed to be remembered. And so it, it was, in my opinion, a, a very profitable word from the Lord. I think it was a, a very good theme. Well, this year, as the pastors got together, the theme that really stood out is this theme. It's to love and to be loved. One pastor said, maybe we would say it this way, to love deeply. And when I think about this theme, to love deeply or to love and be loved or to love as Jesus has loved us, um, I think it's a it's an on-time theme for us. Love, I don't know about you, but in my life, I've always understood love to be maybe more transactional. Now, I'm not saying that's a biblical uh, view of love, but personally, I have viewed love very transactionally, where I receive your love when I do the things that you would have me to do, and you show affection and love to me, and vice versa. You, you receive my affection and love when you do things that I would approve of. But obviously, we know that that is not a biblical type of love. And so Jesus' words in our passage, he says to his disciples, love one another as I have loved you. And so what I'd like to do in the sermon is I'd like to spell out for us God's vision of love for our congregation as we step in 2022. Now, there are three vision-building truths about love from John 13, and I want to share with you what they are on the front end. The truth, number one, is that we are to love. This is a command of Jesus. Number two, we are to be loved, and it's a little play on words, and I'll explain that. 
And then lastly, there's an impactful result of our love. So there's three vision-building truths of love from this passage that I'd like for us to talk about. So let's get into the context first. Well, the context is of such. The disciples were with Jesus, and I don't think they fully understood what was getting ready to go down. As you guys know, this passage from from John 13 through John 17 is what we would call um, the upper room discourse. It was Jesus having his last supper and his last few moments with his disciples before he would be betrayed by Judas and by others. Um, It's a very famous passage. Uh, It's a very, very uh, familiar context of Scripture. But I think when it comes to love and as it pertains to the disciples, they obviously didn't know what love was And they were getting ready to see it demonstrated by Jesus. And so the context was Jesus was leaving. Jesus was saying goodbye. The the person that they leaned on, that they watched love them, was now leaving. So could you imagine? I mean, could you imagine how terrifying that would be? Um, I I think of this passage in uh, very much um, last words. Maybe some of you have had last words from loved ones where they've shared with you some things. Well, this is what Jesus is doing in this upper room discourse. He's sharing some last words. And so let's look into these last words. Three vision building truths of love for 2022. Number one, we are to love. The scripture says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Jesus comes right out of the bank, right out of of the gates, excuse me, and he says, this new commandment I give to you, I want you to love one another. If you see here on the back end of verse 34, he basically repeats himself. He says, you are to love one another. He just repeats the command to love one another, to further emphasize what these disciples are to do. Now, what's interesting about this, you see this word new, a new command. Well, what makes it a new command? Well, the old command is found in Leviticus 19, verse 18, and it says, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This was the law, um, and it's found also in other places, I think of Deuteronomy 6, 5, that the Israelites were to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then they were to love their neighbor as themselves, but they were to, to love distinctly other Jews. Well, here, Jesus says a new commandment. So what he does is he kind of diverts from this old commandment, which was part of the old covenant, and now he adds to it. And when I think about him adding to it, I think of Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says, love your enemies. He goes from just, hey, love your neighbor as yourself, to now love your enemies. And then the new commandment is this, love one another as I have loved you. That's the new commandment. That's the commandment for us. To love one another as Jesus has loved us. 
Now, you might be asking yourself, well, okay, what is, how did Jesus love us? And I think that's the appropriate question. When you, when you look at him giving a command to us to love one another, we should be asking, well, okay, Jesus, how did you love us? How did you love your disciples distinctly in the passage? Well, as you know, he loved his disciples first by coming to them. He came to them. He came, he, God, very God, he incarnated. He, he became a human being. He loved them by becoming flesh. And he loved them also by choosing them. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And he loved them as we see later on in the book of John, we see that he died for them. Jesus sacrificially died in their place and for their sin as the sacrificial lamb. And then he also loved them by, by, by rising from the dead or being raised from the dead by the Father. And him loving them, basically him rising from the dead, he, he, he justified them before the Father. We're declared righteous by virtue of Jesus' uh, rising from the dead. We're justified because of his resurrection. And so how did he love them? He sacrificially gave his entire life for the disciples. And so here he says to us, Love one another as I have loved you. This is the new command. It reminds me a little bit when you think about love. The word love here is this. In the original, it's, it's, it's a word that uh, it's translated, for those of you Greek scholars in here, um, it's agapeo. It's agape. Um, it's used, I counted last night, 120 times. I wanted, to be, I wanted to make sure in the New Testament, I counted 120 different times Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, used these words in Scripture. And the word love, it, it, it means, or agapeo, agape love, it means to regard with affection. It means to take pleasure in, to be, to be fond of, to regard with brotherly love. And so when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he commands them, hey, love one another as I have loved you, he's saying to them, hey, take pleasure in them. Regard them with brotherly love. Be fond of them. Now, what's interesting about this command, and you probably know this, just you guys are very smart. Uh, the word love here is not a feeling, right? It's a command. Um, as one person has said, it's hard to command a feeling, right? You try this with your kids. You say, hey, I want you to love your brother or love your sister. Well, we're not saying to have emotion, an emotional kind of a response to them. We're saying to, by virtue of your, your actions, show love to them. And so what Jesus is, is saying here is, I want you to love one another like I have loved you. And how did I love you? I sacrificed for you. I gave my life for you. Uh, Romans 5.8, I think of says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about 1 John 4, 7 and 8. It says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever love has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And so love is unconditional it's being fond of someone. It is regarding them. It is sacrificing for them. And that's what's love. 
I want to give you a picture. I got three pictures that I want to give to you briefly, but I'll give you the first one now. A picture of love. There was a dad, his name was Ed. He grew up in a home where his parents, one of the things that they did was that they loved to write cards, especially on people's birthdays. They would write cards. And so the whole family would come and sign the birthday cards to whoever they were giving them out. And so Ed would always sign his card by saying, happy birthday, hope you have a great year, love, Ed. Well, Ed had a really bad experience, and somewhere in his middle childhood, he decided, well, really, he kind of dropped back and punted on love. He decided that love was, was not real, was not true, was, was, was not good. Um, he kind of said, I'm no longer going to believe in love. And so what he did, what was interesting with his family, is they still did cards, and whenever he would sign the card, he would sign, happy birthday, hope you have a great year, Ed. That was just one small tangible effect on Ed because he had a bad experience. Well, fast forward, Ed now has children, and it was his youngest daughter. She was really sick. And he was really just trying to help her. And one day she was sick and she was vomiting. And Ed was near, and Ed was the kind of guy where he just, you know, when it came to dirty diapers, when it came to sick children, he was kind of like, I'm hands off. My wife can take care of that. I'll go do anything else, but don't, don't put me in that realm. I'm, I'm kind of turned off by it. Well, his daughter was really sick and they had changed her clothes. Uh, she had been vomiting a lot. Well, she got sick again, and Ed, um, really, by virtue of love, as his daughter went to throw up, she was positioned in such a way where she was going to throw up on herself, and so what Ed did is he took out his hands, and he caught her vomit in his hands. And he said that when he did this, in his mind, he, he kind of had a question, but it was more in the form of a statement. And the statement was, maybe this is love. When Jesus came for his disciples, when he came for us, and he says, love one another like I have loved you, it wasn't transactional. His disciples weren't doing really a whole lot, anything, or if anything, for him. It was very much sacrificial. It was a picture of, of, of him putting out his hands and catching the vomit so that it would not get on us. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. And when he gives the command here to love one another as I have loved you, he is saying, I want you to sacrifice. I want you to sacrifice. Um, we're talking about a vision, a theme for this year. This is, even, even if we just got this far for the whole year, this would be enough for us. These are Jesus' parting words to his disciples, but by virtue of time and space, they are relevant for us. And church, for 2022, I want you to hear me. This is God's word for us, that you are to love me, as Jesus has loved you, and I'm to love you as Jesus has to love me, and we are to love one another as Jesus has loved us. So what is love? It's sacrificial. 
How will we sacrifice for each other this year? I want us to think about that. It's not transactional. It's not what you'll do for me. It's not I'll respond and look out for your good based upon what you do for me. It's the total opposite. You will not receive nothing in return. It's the kind of love that Jesus models and he displays. So three vision-building truths of love. The first is that we're to love. And the second is that we are to be loved. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. We are to be loved just as I have loved you. You know, one of the most difficult things for me in my life has been understanding the love of Jesus. I mean, just completely honest. Again, I mentioned to you that I've, I've always viewed it as transactional because that's what I've experienced, I think, in my life. But Jesus is saying here, the motivation for your love for others is, is, really, is really rooted in my love for you. And so, so a diagnostic for all of us, and I often find the diagnostic for me, it's really clear in my relationships that I am un, I, I, that that the way I treat people is the diagnostic. If, if, if I am treating them different than how Jesus is treating me or has treated me, I'm not understanding his love. So if I'm short with people, if I ignore people, if I vent my frustration out on them, it's because I'm not understanding and receiving and and. And, and dwelling in Jesus' love for me. So let me ask you a question. What has shaped God's love for you in your life? What has shaped it? What's a picture? I gave you a picture of the first father catching the vomit. Let me give you a second picture. Um, and this is more of a hometown picture and I haven't asked for permission so I'm going to ask for forgiveness but then I'm going to hopefully make things right but I, I think about this beautiful family right here and I think about this beautiful little girl that is playing with her blocks um, from the very first time that I was introduced to this church I came to this family's house and I found out that they had a daughter who had angel syndrome and as I've observed and as I've watched and as I've asked questions and as I've learned, I've seen them demonstrate sacrificial love. And then as I've watched the daughter, I don't want to disturb her, so that's why I'm not saying her name. She's doing really well right now. She usually is amen in my sermons, so it's all right right now. I'm good. But Carl and Rebecca's love for their daughter is not com contingent about, about on how she does. Whether she stays up all night, whether she throws a fit, whether she eats or doesn't eat, they love her. They feed her. They take care of her. They provide for her. She went through a stint in the past few months of having to go to the doctor because of her, her seizures. And that's tough. It's tough on Rebecca. It's tough, tough on Carl. But it's the picture of a love that's unconditional. 
That's not transactional. And Audrey, I don't know if Audrey responds, you know, gives, gives love in the sense of there's nothing that she can do to make Carl and Rebecca love her more or love her less. It's a picture of love. And when Jesus says, as I have loved you, he came into a world where his disciples were really all about themselves. They weren't for each other. They weren't for God the Father. They weren't for his kingdom. Um, they wanted to build a kingdom. For Actually, the, the, the interesting, the three he brought closest to himself, you know, they wanted, to, they wanted positions of authority. But Jesus says, as I have loved you. What did Jesus do for them? He laid down his life. He died for them. He was patient with them. He put up with them. It was an enduring long love. Well, lastly, um, the last vision building truth from this passage um, is that there's an impactful result of our love. If, if we love others as Jesus has loved us, there will be an impactful result. It says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. And look, notice the if, if you have love for one another. You know, when I think about vision sermons, I think about let's charge the hill, let's go get them, not let's love one another. But as I was thinking about this passage, it's like, you know what? If we set things straight and right and put love at the very front end, guess what happens on the back end? All people will know that you're my disciples by the love. And that was, the, that was interesting with, when you read through church history. The way Christians treated each other was, was very peculiar. It was different than the way the world treated one another. And remember, who is he talking to here? He's not, he's not talking specifically here to non-Christians or to people that were not in his circle. He was talking to people that were in his circle. And so by virtue and time and space, I think, I think we're learning here about how to treat one another. And if we love one another, the result would be people will know that we are Jesus' followers. So you want to talk about maybe the greatest form of evangelism? This is it. And, and again, when I think about charging the hill, doing all that, Let's go knock it out. It's, it's, it's going out. It's going out. But how about we love one another while we're out? And by that, people will know. People will have questions. People will be drawn to Jesus' love. So if I had to summarize it in this way, what is Jesus' vision for Convergence Church in 2022? It's love and be loved. I want to close with one more picture. Um, the picture is... I don't know if I told many of you this. I, my, my mother, uh, I had a great relationship with my mom. She died in 2013 before um, I moved to Charlotte. My mother had a pretty tough life. Um, she had a real good season probably for about 30 years. But the last few years of her life, uh, my mother was, was hooked on pain pills. She became a drug addict. 
And it was really, really bad. One time uh, in 2011, she was kind of left for dead on her couch. She probably got down to about 80 pounds, but she'd been taking pain medication and the people that were her dealers, it was just kind of a sad story. Well, um, and for the record, I tried to rescue her, but you know how that goes. Uh, it, was, it was very complicated and she wouldn't let me and neither would her dealers, uh, so... But she was left for dead. And I'd watched her at times in her life kind of walk with the Lord. But what was interesting is, is she was a bit self-destructive, probably like, like all of us, right? We, we tend to be our, our own worst enemy, not only our own worst critic, but we, we tend to be our own worst enemy. We tend to be a bit self-destructive. She was self-destructive to the point where at different times in her life, I would see her kind of walk with the Lord. She would I remember one time seeing her on her knees praying to the Lord, and I just thought, man, that's so odd. But she was left for dead, and I did think, well, how in the world is God going to take care of her? She was admitted into a hospital after about four or five months of just kind of getting her to a place where she could kind of really function. She was able to get into a nursing home, And her social security and some other things were able to pay for that. And so for the last year and a half, she stayed in that nursing home and she eventually died. But what was amazing to me was in watching her literally ruin her life, I watched God consistently take care of her to the point where he gave her a place to live, she was fed, and she died in in a hospital bed in a nursing home. God being faithful to her despite her, it was a picture for me of love. And church, as we go into 2022, it doesn't matter what happens outside of these four walls or outside of our church. If we're committed to knowing Jesus and to walking in his love, to receiving his love and to to giving his love, we are gonna be okay. And so I wanna challenge us this year to love and to be loved. All right, let me pray. Lord, thank you that you love us. And now as we get ready to take the supper, it's a beautiful picture of that love. Lord, will you drive it home to us that you love us despite us, that your love is not transactional, that you've chosen us, And you've chosen to pour out your love upon us. Lord, grow us as we've prayed earlier in our understanding of this kind of unconditional love. And it's in your name we pray. And everyone said.